Okay, Morgansville Church, Pastor Chad and Pastor Brian back at you with our second glance at the text this week. Um, hey, this past Sunday in our This is Morgansville series, we talked about what does it look like now that we've been given new hearts, now that we're a new creation, the old self is dead. Um, what does it look like now for two redeemed creatures to be married, for two redeemed uh, humans to be parent and child for for two redeemed um, co-workers to to work together as supervisor and supervisee um, but it came up with uh, there's some phenomenal questions pastor Brian what's one of the questions that popped at us well uh, when you talk about two people coming together who have been redeemed or simply who put their faith and trust in Christ and are committed followers of Jesus Christ what happens when it's only one spouse Um or what happens maybe, I think there's two ways we look at it. What happens when maybe two people come together, but one spouse begins to go to church and then makes a commitment and the other one doesn't. So, I think before we even jump into that, I think this would be a great place to stop and go, listen, to those who are not married, um, this is one of the important reasons uh, why the text tells us that it's not good to be unequally yoked. That's true. So if you are not married, if you are single and looking to mingle, um, make sure you're mingling with uh, uh, somebody who is a, a follower of Jesus Christ because you set yourself up for all kinds of heartache and trouble um, in that. But if you are finding yourself, maybe you're married and you come to know Christ afterwards and your spouse didn't, or um, you are already married and, and you're just in that situation, let, let's talk about that. Listen, you need to know one, it's broken. Uh, not broken like walk away from it, but it means that if one person's redeemed in the marriage and the other one is not a follower of Christ, um, it's going to be tough. So so what are some of the pitfalls that we can see with that, Brian? I think sometimes, you know, we are a soundbite culture. And by that, I mean we hear something, and, it, and a lot of times, let's be honest, we only want to hear what we want to hear. So I'm, I'm going to look at it extreme. I, I know the situation, well... I've known several times where this has happened, but I think one of the pitfalls I heard one time was there was someone who was married, this situation, one of them became a believer. It happened to be the husband, actually, and the wife did not become a believer. And uh, as they were listening to the message in church where do not be unequally yoked and all these things, they made the decision to actually leave their spouse. Um, and so to me, that was a misinterpretation of what the text says um, but they saw, well, if I can't be unequally yoked, then I should not be married to my wife any longer. So the husband actually left his wife, um, which I believe totally goes against a lot of other what scriptures say, which we don't have time to get into today, you know, whether it be Ephesians 5 or other places. Um, and so the, I, I think that that was a pitfall is that we only we think, well, okay, I have to only be with someone who's a believer. So if my spouse isn't a believer, then I can't be with them. And uh, whereas you have the opportunity to still be married and show them the love of Christ and who Christ is by the way you act, but that was an extreme version. Have you, have you encountered that or anything close to that? Yeah, it, it's, it's tough. Um, many times have had a spouse sitting in, uh, sitting in the office wishing that their wife or their husband um, had, was a committed follower of Christ and, and the problems it brings up and you know where it manifests itself one in decisions that they make yeah. because you have now two sets of values because when you follow Jesus Christ, you give up your will and your desires and what motivates you to what God's desires and what motivates God. Um, but the other person is still self-motivated and they're still self-centered. And so they're making decisions about what's based on, on uh, exalting themselves and not God. And so parenting, 
finances, um, what you do with your time, what you watch, how you talk, uh, who your friends are. All these things now become a place where you're making decisions about really important things in your life from two very different sets of values. And it's tough. And what I would tell you is stay in it. <laughs> you know, you never know. There are scriptures that tell us that um, a believing spouse can be used uh, towards the redemption of an unbelieving spouse, meaning that God may use you to bring your spouse to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But you also have to understand, just like Paul tells the Corinthian church, listen, don't judge those who don't know the gospel yet because they don't know the gospel. You're fully aware and have to be eyes wide open that your spouse is not going to have the same values as you and they're not going to understand your decisions. So, Pastor Brian, let me let me say this then. If we're looking at, say, a wife and we're saying wives submit to your husbands, but the husbands do not love Christ, so they can't love their wives as Christ loved the church. Is there a line for that submission? Yeah. I believe there is, and I'm, I'm sitting here in my mind going through, because this is probably the one we encounter more than the husband versus a wife, but uh, in my experience, the handful of times where I've had a wife who's become a believer or is a believer and husband's not, I've never had a, I've never had the husband tell wife she can't go to church. She can't do that. More or less, it's like, you do your thing, let me do my thing. Um, what I see more often than not is a wife caring and loving for her husband and begging him to come to church. And occasionally he'll show up on Mother's Day or Christmas or sometimes even Easter or some special function the church has, you know, for appeasement. But one of the things I always, I think where it has to start is prayer. Like just pray for them. It is, you know, cover them in prayer. Pray not that they would change just for the sake, but that God would use you, as you were saying earlier, you know, being the believing spouse for the unbelieving spouse, God would use you in a way that you could exemplify and show the character of Christ by the way you treat them. So maybe it's the way you talk to them and, and sort of things. And, you know, I'm not saying compromise your faith in any regards, but sometimes there might have to be some give mm -hmm. based on, you know, the way they see things like, hey, we have this family reunion and it's a couple hours away and it's on a Sunday. So can you go to that with me? And, you know, you may miss church. Um, I know that doesn't seem major, but, you know, there, there's going to have to be times where you do things with them um, rather than say, no, you know, church is more important and it pushes them further away. It, it's a balance you have to find with them. Yeah. And I think that's where if you if you look at that Ephesians text, I'm going to cough. Hold on. <coughs> that's drywall dust in my throat right there. Sorry, <laughs> gang. Um I guess I could have hit the mute button. Hey, listen, in this text, though, it says submit to your wives. Um, and, and it also talks about children and parents. Mm -hmm. And there's a phrase in there is, is fitting in the Lord. And I think what we have to do is we have to understand that our allegiance first is to God. And and we are to, um, you know, the wives should in, in a submissive way um, reflect their trust in God Um by submitting to their husbands who love them, as long as their husbands aren't asking them to do things that are contrary to the will of God. Correct. I think that's where the discernment has to come in. You know, if your husband looks at you and tells you, okay, um, we are going to completely lie to our neighbors, right. you know, that, that, that is, that is not as fitting in the Lord. 
And so there comes this place then where I think the, the, the discernment of where that line is, and it moves honestly with each family. Um, but it comes down to, uh, I can, I can honor my husband or I can honor my wife as long as I can still honor God. If by honoring them, I'm no longer honoring God, then I'm not called to submit in that moment or that action. Yeah. Well, and submission is based out of love. Like it's not a popular word on the culture we live in today. You know, submission has all these negative connotations that come with it. But when we look at the whole text, you know, and, you know, love your wives the way that Christ loves the church, as husbands, it's not about us lording over our wives, but because of the way I treat my wife, the way I lead my wife, she will want to submit and, and follow. And even if you're a non-believing husband, you can love your wife. Now, you're not going to love her the way that Christ does because you don't understand who Christ is. But that means you, you can still at least love her and care for her, be kind and respectful and gentle in the way you respond to her, um, and, and then she can follow. But, yeah, sub, submission's a tough word, and uh, especially in that, that situation, that can be tough. And I think what we have to do is remember, because in those three situations that Paul uses in Ephesians, wives to husbands, children to parents, and uh, bond servants to masters, he always starts with the vulnerable, and he says, listen, in your yielding, and essentially what he's saying, in your yielding over, you're trusting me. Yes, you're yielding to the spouse. Yes, you're yielding to the parent. Yes, you're yielding to the master. But in all those ways, you're actually yielding to me because I'm, I'm provident and sovereign over this. So how about this? Um, what about, and this was a question, an adult, uh, an adult child um, who has a father that provokes them, uh, broken relationships, um, and so it's hard to honor or, as, as the text said today, obey. Um, so what about that, Pastor Brian? What does that look like as, as we become adult children honoring our parents and obeying our parents? It's a tough one. And there's several ways I think you can look at it. And uh, hearing this question initially, uh, this is how I would respond to that. I think that <clears throat> when you look at the, the context of children and, and parents, Early on, you know, parents were supposed to raise our kids to, you know, it talks about training up a child in the way they should go. So in the midst of their sin nature, how do I, I lead a kid to live uh, and follow Christ? Um, as you become an adult, you know, there should be a, a change in how that happens. Not that you disrespect your parents, you walk away from your parents. But, you know, it, you can't be your kid's, I want to think how I phrase this, Chad. You can't be your kid's friend when they're young. But there's almost like a, a change that happens as we get older. Like our parents become more like friends, even though they're still our parents. Well, I think I want to see there. We're the leave and cleave. Exactly. You know, when we become adults, especially when we become married adults, um, our primary family now becomes the ones, our, our spouse and our kids. And so that does change that relationship in adulthood with our parents. And so we're supposed to leave our, our, our biological parents and cleave to, to our new family. Yeah. And then what I would say... And this is tough. Um, if a parent continues to do that, you know, it talks about toxic relationships and the way people are. And, and sometimes it's not that you don't love your parents, but if your parent is the one who's being toxic and doing those things, I think it's okay that you, you create distance, mm. you create boundaries. Yeah. Um, whether that's, you know, but you have to, you have to establish those. They can't be unspoken. I, I think there has a conversation, you know, Matthew 18, you confront them, you talk to them. Um, about what's going on and if they choose not to change i think you got to create boundaries that are you know for you and your family you and your your spouse and, and protection there and um yeah 
Yeah, seek out godly counsel with that. But that's that's what I would also suggest. Right. Well. Let, let me throw one last one at you. Let me start with an image. Um, I remember uh, when I was I was a salesman before I was a pastor, and um, part of the line that we sold was um, library equipment, and so specialized cabinets to hold DVDs and VHS tapes and all these things that you know, um, like Penn State's Nittany Library and Paterno Library were huge customers of mine. One day I get a call from Excitement Video and they ask if I would come and do a consult with them to teach them how to store more videos. Now, if you haven't guessed by Excitement Video, that was a pornography shop um, Mm -hmm. back when people actually had to go to a store and buy it and they couldn't just ding it on their phone. Um, So my boss looks at me and he says, "Um, do you have a problem with this? And I'm like, I got a huge problem with this. Like, I can't go do that. Like... This is wrong. And, and he says, I, Chad, is a sale. And, and, and so we had this long conversation. And I remember going to a pastor at the time. We were living in Mechanicsburg. And, and I'm like, look, I, who do I obey? And, and, and he, uh, he gave good counsel. And we went to this. And he reminded me, Chad, look, if it goes against God, then you don't do it. Yep. And, and uh, so I, I went into the boss's office and I said, I cannot in good conscience do this. Um, I said, so I am not going to go do any kind of consult or any kind of work with excitement video. And, uh, um, it ended up becoming a great conversation. Um, some things happened in the, this year were just different incidents like that. And, and my boss at the time, really, he and his, his wife kind of rededicated their lives to Christ. Now, not because of that, but it was part of this series where you could see God moving, but, but, you know, we can be put in positions, uh, in our jobs. I think a lot of folks were trying to figure out what role does my faith play in this COVID response. Correct. Um, where there were all kinds of things where people were being told what they had to do by their supervisors. And they're trying to figure out, is this okay and does it please and honor God? Um, so how do you make that decision, Pastor Brian? It's easy when it's excitement video. It's not so easy when it's a COVID shot. Yeah, no, and there's several things that played out there. You know, it's and it, we keep saying them, whether I say, one, I think you always got to bathe it in prayer. You always got to call out to God. You know, it says to do that in the scriptures, to call out, ask him for wisdom, for godly wisdom and discernment. Then I think along with that, you seek counsel. You seek godly counsel. Uh, who are the people, whether it's us as pastors or other godly people you know who will give you, you know, advice on that. And then based on that, you know, with with everything you know, you have to say, okay, what is it that I'm led to do? Because um, let's be honest in this. There was, there was some crossovers some people said, I don't want to do certain things in their response, but it wasn't faith-based. It was politically based. But I think if it's a truly faith-based response, when you pray and you seek you know, God's uh, will for what he wants you to do, and you seek godly counsel, and you read his word, he's going to reveal what he wants you to do. And, it, and if that means at times, yes, that you have to make a decision that doesn't seem natural to the world, you know, at the end of the day, you have to make a decision that is right, like for what you had to do. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine going in and giving that consult in one day because you have to give an account of everything you did. And it's like, hey, Chad, why'd you go into that and help those people? You know, and you know, so I, th- I think that when you make those decisions, you have to be willing, if you're going to seek God's will out, that it's not always going to be necessarily the easy route. And that may mean you, you lose your job or you have to resign from it because of those things. And we know people that had to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's where you have to go and, and make those decisions. But and this is nothing new for the church. I mean, we've had no. it easy here in North America over the last 250 years. But, you know, the early church lost their jobs. Jews who became 
followers of Jesus, they were shut out of the, the economy. They, yeah. Nobody would buy or even sell to them. So this is this is nothing new for people who follow Jesus. Uh, it's just starting to really affect North American Christianity, I think, in the last couple of years. All right, well, Pastor Brian, let me ask you a couple like plugs about the church. So we've got a big yeah. weekend coming up. So tell me what's going on Saturday. All right, so this Saturday, we our men's ministry is sponsoring a chili cook-off. So there are multiple people, men and women in the church, are submitting their recipes for the best chili. You come in, you give a, a little fee of $8, and you get to taste all these chilies and then pick a winner. But more importantly, uh, all proceeds go to our benevolence or what we call our temporal fund. So it helps offset um, needs for people both in our church and in our community. Cool. Um, Sunday, what's going on there? Sunday, we are having a pork barbecue from Rolling Smoke. They're going to cook it up for us, and we're going to supply that and ask every family to bring a dish to share. And then we're going to have a cornhole tournament. Chance to hang out. The weather's supposed to be beautiful. So once again, this is a chance for our people to connect with one another. Awesome, awesome. And you're preaching this weekend, brother. I am. So, like, give me, like, a five-second preview. Did you do your sermon yet? I I, did. I know you did. I would have I asked did. you, but I know you worked on it I already. did. I did. So, here's a quick way to look at it. Looking at your closet, what do I wear? Do I continually wear the same thing I've worn forever, or do I have a new wardrobe that I want to put on and show Ooh, off? Sounds like a plan, man. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks. If you listen to all this again, thank you so much. Um, we love being your pastors and we love this congregation and just uh, all that all that you do for the glory of God. Um, so we hope you enjoyed this second glance at the text. We'll see you this weekend. We out. Bye.